that's a part of the things the Lord told me. Then God told me that we were going to be able to find favor and we were going to see uh, him do great things. And uh, I, know, I know that you've heard me say this, but God's allowed us to see so many wonderful things take place, new ministries take place, and I'm humbled. But this year the Lord is just ringing into my spirit this phrase, experience expansion. And I believe that that is not just for the church, but I believe that it's individually. I believe that it's for my personal life. I believe it's for your personal life, and I believe it's for us as a whole. And today that's what I want to talk to you about. First Chronicles has a prayer in it that I'm going to be very honest with you this morning. I despised up until a month ago. Why? Because... One of the things I fight in my flesh is cynicism. I'm very cynical. I'm a black and white kind of guy. I, I, I just, you know, it is what it is for me. You know, I, I just, that's the way that I am. And I remember when Bruce Wilkinson wrote this book called The Prayer of Jabez, and it drove me nuts. Because everybody would read The Prayer of Jabez, and I felt like that they was just standing in the mirror and just reciting it. And I felt like that it was, just, it was just repetitive coming out of their mouth from memory. And it was not coming out of their heart, out of passion. And so I literally took this whole concept, this whole passage, and I disregarded it in my heart because I thought it was being abused by church people. Why do I tell you that? Because a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, the Lord began to deal with me about this, about the prayer of Jabez. And I was like, no, 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 God, mm-mm, mm-mm. You know me. I ain't got nothing to do with all that. And I remember the Lord spoke to me to read it. Here's what it says. It says, Then Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would indeed bless me and enlarge my territory, that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that it may not bring me hardship." Now that's all I remembered. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory and people just standing there, blah, 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 puke. I hate prosperity stuff. I can't stand when preachers get up there and they treat God like he's a lottery or like he's a jackpot. You don't tithe to get, you tithe to be obedient. If you're putting money in the bucket because you think you're going to get something back, you've missed the whole point. God promises he'll bless you. You don't give to be blessed, though. You give to be obedient. And here's the thing. I used to think people stand there and just like, oh, Lord, that you bless me indeed. Bless me indeed. Bless me indeed. Name it, claim it. Blab it, grab it. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm talking about? Then people, I'm believing God's going to give me a red Lamborghini. First of all, my fat tail ain't trying to squeeze in no Lamborghini. But it's just things. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe, and I pray it over this house every Sunday. I do believe God desires to prosper you, but I don't believe it's for you to showboat around. I believe it's for you to be even greater giver for the kingdom. And so I went through all this. I'm going to read it to you again. Then Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would indeed bless me and enlarge my territory, that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, and that it may not bring me hardship. And I've never, ever paid attention to the last six words until recently. So God granted what he asked. And a game changer took place in my life. 
Because if God's going to grant what you ask, then you know that the Word tells us that if we'll, if we'll give ourselves to the Lord and we'll, we'll focus on His will, then He's going to give us the desires of our hearts, what the Bible calls it. Desires of our heart is not selfish wants. Desires of our heart are the things that we know we will have and God will bless us that will glorify Him. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to experience expansion in several ways. Today I'm going to talk to you about how to experience it in your personal life. But you're going to hear this phrase this entire year from me. Because I believe God's spoken to me for 2019 that we're going to experience expansion. But not just in this building as a corporate church, as coming together as as a group of believers. But I believe that if you'll give everything you've got to Jesus, and you'll ask Him to do things that will bless His kingdom, that He'll grant what you ask. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. I believe that God wants us to experience Him in an all-new way in 2019. There's four ways that I believe that you can personally experience expansion in your life, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. So this is Experience Expansion, and the title of this would be Between You and... Okay? That may not make no sense to you, but it'll make sense to you in a minute. How do you... How do you experience expansion? Well, the first place I think that you start is between you and Jesus. In order for anything else in your life to experience expansion, you and I need to expand our experiences with Jesus. I'm going to give you four self-tests today. Now, that doesn't mean you got to answer out loud, you ain't got to raise your hand or anything like that, but it's four self-tests. Maybe instead of calling them self-tests, maybe I could just say four gut checks. So here we go. It's just a question. How did you do in 2018 with Jesus? If I walked up to you and I said, Hey, how was your walk with the Lord last year? How did you do in 2018 with Jesus? Would you say, Man, greatest year I've ever had with the Lord. Or, or you know, God just blessed me. Or, eh, I could have done a little bit better. Had some things that kind of got, got off. And, and I, I let my alignment get messed up. And, you know, I, I want to do better in 2019. How, how would you say that you were in 2018, I I want you in your heart to answer this question because here's the follow-up. What if I asked him? What if I asked him how you did? Or what if you asked him how I did? Have you ever thought about that? It's easy for us to say something out loud and even sometimes to make us believe it. You know there are people who make themselves believe things I've got friends that I I honestly think they would rather shimmy up a pine tree and tell a lie than stand on the ground and tell the truth. And if you tell them that or you call them out on it, they throw their sucker in the dirt and run off. Some people just love to lie. How can you experience expansion in your walk with Jesus? I used this passage last week and I want to use it again. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 6. Isaiah says this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. Some people don't like the way this is worded, the um, uh, modern English version, but I love the way it says, call you upon him. Because it's it's making this very specific. Don't think your mama's going to call on him. Don't think your daddy's going to call on him. Your granny ain't going to call on him. You call upon him while he's near. And you seek the Lord. 
while he may be found. How do you experience expansion in your life? Number one, you acknowledge the fact that he is there. Look, I don't care what you did yesterday. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care how big of a fight you got in this morning with your spouse. I don't care how bad you whipped your kid on the way to church. God is near. God is for you. And God wants you to experience him. And all you have to do is call upon him. His mercies are new. He's there. God wants an expanded relationship with you. The second thing, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. This is why we're doing the the Read Scripture app. This is why I told him in staff meeting the other day, I want this to be the greatest semester of small groups we've ever experienced. Why? Because this, therefore, leaving the elementary principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith forward. Now, I'm fixing to say something. And if I say something, I'm not trying to get up in your grits or read your mail or nothing like that. I'm telling you this is something I used to deal with, okay? I used to think that every time the preacher gave the altar call, I used to feel convicted and felt like I just needed to get right with God. Do you know what my problem was? My problem was not that I needed to get right with God. It was that I needed to get serious with Him. There are some people who are no closer to Jesus today than they were when they gave their heart to Jesus a dozen years ago. Now, that may not sound fun, but here's the thing. Think about it. How much time do you spend in God's Word? Do you devour His Word more today than the day when you first met Him? If you don't, then you're not in love with Him. You're disaffiliated from Him. And so how do you experience expansion? You get this thing right. Therefore, leaving the elementary principles of doctrine of Christ. Look, you should not, if you've been following Jesus for a long length of time, you should not be asking the same questions and going through the same routine. You, by now, ought to be a learning to be a mature follower. Now, if you've just been born again or if you've got struggles or you've got things that have been going on, listen to me. That is okay. That's what the church is for. That's what small groups are for. That's what Right Now Media, all these things, that's what it's for. But what we want to do is to take you from point A to point B and not leave you just where you are. Community. Community is what the early church was, 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 was strengthened by, one another. Look, if you're struggling or you're going through things, that's what we're here for. Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere do you see where people are supposed to do this thing on their own. You read the prophets in the Old Testament. Oh, God, I wish you'd kill me now. I'm, I'm the only one that's saved. And then there's hundreds of others that had never bowed their knee to the false idols. You may sometimes feel like you're alone. But that's why community is important. That's why church is important. That's why we want you to be involved in these things. Self-test number two. This is for the married folks. How did you do in 2018 with your spouse? How did you experience expansion in 2018 with your spouse? And what if I were to ask them? Lindsay will be off limits for anybody uh, after church today. I'm going to get some gossip on the preacher. (laughs) 
You ought to know by now, you ain't got to ask nobody to get my gossip. Boy, I'll air my dirty laundry right here in front of everybody. Still ain't paid that speeding ticket. <laughs> Mark 10, verse 6. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this call shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. You hear that verse many, many, many times in weddings. But unfortunately, sometimes that's forgotten. How did you treat your wife in 2018? How did you treat your husband in 2018? And what's your plan to fix it if it needs to be fixed? Now, let me go ahead and just throw this out there. I don't care if you were Casanova and you had more game than you've ever had in your life, men. I'm talking about if you flirted harder and you just was the Romeo. I double-dog dare you to up your game this year. Because I want somebody double-dog dare me to up my game this year. Because I think one of the reasons that 50% of America and millennials think that marriage is irrelevant is because they have not seen what marriage should look like. And if men would lead in their home, and look, when I tell you this, I'm telling you, I'm not perfect at it, I promise. I will give you permission to ask her. But you don't have to hunt down every marriage conference in the world if you're both seeking Jesus. Now, marriage conferences are good. You can go get them, go find them. They're good. But if you're both both drawing closer to the Lord, then it's going to be a natural attraction of what takes place in your home. Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as it is fitting in the Lord. Now, a lot of guys like to read that right there, and they like to say, yeah, mm-hmm, woman, go in there, make me some lima beans, cornbread, etc." Y'all ever notice whenever I mention food, 90% of the time it's because it's something that I'd like. So if any of you ever want to take the hint, be led. <laughs> wives, submit yourself to your own husbands as it is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. You've probably heard me say this before. We think that whenever we read this sometimes as guys, that we're, we're dominant here. Wives, submit to your husbands. But then he says, husbands, love your wives. It's harder to love than it is to submit. Don't believe me? How many of you are going to go to work tomorrow and you're going to have a boss that you do not love, but because you want a paycheck on Friday, you are going to submit? How you treat your spouse, how you act towards one another is also a reflection of your relationship with the Lord. How are you going to experience expansion in your marriage this year? Test number three. How did you do in 2018 with your kids? What about if I ask them, how would they respond? Proverbs 13, 24, one of the most misquoted passages in all the Bible. He who spares his rod hates his son. You've probably heard spare the rod, spoil the child. It does not say that. It says whoever spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves him disciplines him early. Listen to me. The reason that we have, who some of y'all are just going to get all tore up when I'm fixing to say this. 
the reason we have so many little smart mouth kids running around is because we put them in timeout. Let me tell you what my mama did. She took timeout to beat my tail. <laughs> well, Pastor Jody, I believe that it sounds like that you're promoting whipping. Absolutely 100%. Whip that kid. I love to hear my buddy Lee McBride. Lee McBride tells his story about whenever he was a kid, he went and got in trouble at the neighbor's house and the neighbor's sitting there and she said, Lee, I'm gonna whip you. And the neighbor whipped him and she said, I'm gonna call your mama when you get home. And Lee said that he went home and the phone rang and it was his neighbor and he said, his mama got these big old tears in her eyes and he said, I knew my mama was fixing to tell that woman, don't you ever put your hand on my son again. And Lee said, to my surprise, this is what came out of my mama's house, my mama's mouth. Thank you. Thank you for loving him so much that you'd be willing to tear his tail up. I'm fixing to go on and tear his tail up again. <laughs> my mama gave permission to everybody to whip me. Some of them took up, some of them didn't. But the Bible tells you if you spare the rod, you hate your child. That doesn't mean you beat nobody. There's a difference between a spanking and abuse. Daddy, Mama, listen to me. Some of the greatest things you can do for your kids is not what you can give them tangibly, but what you can give them spiritually. So let me ask you this question. What if I ask your kid how well you did in 2018, not with the toys, and not with sports, and not with giving them money. What if I ask your kid, how good did mom and daddy do bringing you to Jesus? The biggest question that haunts me is will my Lucy love God because that's what she wants to do, or does she love God because that's what daddy gets paid to do? Oh, that it will always be something she desires to do. How will you experience expansion in the life of your kids? Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11 says, Now no discipline seems to be joyful at the time, but grievous. Yet afterward, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness in those who have been trained by it. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. We love to quote this scripture. But have you ever thought about this? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from him. The word of God will help you and will be a guarantee for you. But what if you don't train up the child in the way he should go? Then when he gets older, he'll be lost. Discipleship is not the job of the church, we reinforce. Discipleship is when you experience expansion at your house and you teach your kids to love God. And then when they come here and we get them for an hour and a half or if you come on Wednesdays, two hours, two and a half hours a week, we get to reinforce what mom and daddy's already doing. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. The last one. How did you do with other people? How'd you do with your friends? How'd you do with your neighbors? How'd you do with your coworkers in 2018? What if I asked them? 
You know what? If you asked my neighbors how I did in 2018, they'd say, terrible. The neighbor right directly behind me, we, we talk and stuff, and he, he'll help me out with some stuff, and if he needs stuff, I help him. Our neighbor across the street, our little girls play together, and uh, the, that's directly across Rivendell. Our little girls play together, and she'll come over to our house, and uh, she came to our house the other day, and uh, I don't know if you know this, but me and Lucy, uh, you know, God has really blessed me with Lucy because Lucy will do things that mommy won't do, like she'll eat good food, a.k.a. fish sticks. Now, if you don't like fish sticks, we can't be friends because fish sticks are awesome. And if you've never made a sandwich out of fish sticks, then we re- you too rich for my blood. And I've taught Lucy how to just love fish sticks. Well, we had fish sticks the other day. And, you know, when we cook fish sticks, I've taught Lucy, you don't just cook 10 or 12. That's a joke. Cook the box or the bag or something. And don't buy no little small pack. So we got that air fryer, we put it in there. Anyway, Layla come over, and I was like, Layla, girl, we got fish sticks. You like fish sticks? And I was like, all right. Sat him down at the table. I said, now, Lucy loves fish sticks. I'm going to give her a bunch. I don't know how well you're going to eat them, so if you need more, let me know, a.k.a. you ain't going to waste my fish sticks. I gave them to her, boy, she got in that ketchup, started digging in. Lindsay's like, where's Layla and Lucy? I said, they in there eating fish sticks. She said, what? What if she's allergic? I said, who's allergic to fish sticks? <laughs> Lindsay called her mama. Guess who's allergic to fish sticks? Layla. <laughs> they started pouring Benadryl down that kid, and I'm like, don't throw that plate away. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't allergic to them. It'll be all right. I'm good with them neighbors. But how many other neighbors, how many other people are close to me that I, I'm not intentional with that I need to be? One of my goals in 2019 is to be a better neighbor, to be a better friend, to be a better boss. Luke 6.31, our worship team's coming back. Luke 6.31 says this, Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. We call that the what? The golden rule. How many of you have broke that one a bunch? I have. I've probably broke it today. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Unto you. Experience expansion. What if you really did unto others as you'd have them do unto you? What if you really did to others the way Jesus wanted you to? How would you expand your influence with people? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 says, A man who has friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. In other words, a man who has friends must show himself friendly. If you are not friendly, you have just absolutely negated the whole statement. Because you can't have friends if you're not friendly. Because I don't know a lot of people who line up to hang out with mean people. And there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, there is a place in Scripture where the Bible tells us about Jesus. And he laid down his life. And, and he, he said, you're not no longer my disciples, but I call you my friends. But, but Proverbs... 
Proverbs is making application to you and I, the wisdom book. A man who has friends must show himself friendly, and there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Let me ask you this. It's easy for us to say there's not that many people in life that I trust that much. But how many people in life trust you that much? I don't want you to look at the outward of what people think about me for a second. I want you to look or what, what I think about people. I want you to look at what people think about me. So you may not have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Maybe you don't. But let me ask you something. Are you a friend to someone that sticks closer than a brother? Because a man who has friends must show himself friendly. Well, I've been hurt, Pastor. I've been burned. You'll only experience the level of love to the level that you're willing to be hurt. You can take that to the bank. You want to have a friendship that's real, then you better make yourself vulnerable and lay yourself out there. Does that mean that you can get hurt? Absolutely. But you'll never experience the fullness of that relationship until you're willing to do it. And sometimes you've been hurt by other people. 10, 12 years ago and you don't trust people today and you're not giving someone credit for someone else's sin you're not giving them a chance and I think this year God wants to expand He wants to help you maybe even with mercy, grace and trust well Pastor Jody you've never been there you've never had a friend burn you oh yes I have You've never had mom and daddy split up and daddy leave you. Well, yes, I have. But maybe I have not been through everything you have, and you may have not been through everything I have. But the point is, God wants us to see change. Start moving towards expansion in your life. What does that mean? It means start putting the big rocks in first. I talked about this a little bit Wednesday. Start doing the things that are, are important. Start doing the things that, that you know have to be the main things. Love, patience, fruit of the Spirit. Begin to ask God to help you expand. God will do what you ask Him to do if it's according to His will. Chip, put the first slide back up there for me, the first scripture I used. Then Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would indeed bless me and enlarge my territory, that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that it may not bring me hardship. So God granted what he asked. If God gives us the desire of our heart when it lines up to his will, then why would it not be his will to expand good things in your life? Why would it not be the will of God for you to experience expansion as a better follower of Jesus? Why would it not be in his will for you to experience expansion and be a better spouse 
Why would it not be in the will of God for you to experience expansion and be a better mom or dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle? Why would it not be in His will to experience expansion and be a better friend, a better coworker, a better neighbor? Sam, will you see where Pastor Andy's at? I'm going to give you all something in just a moment, and our junior hires are going to help me. The issue is not if it's in the will of God. Everything I just read to you, I can back up with a dozen scriptures. You don't have to hear an audible voice when it's in black and white in front of you to love your neighbor as yourself. To love your parents, to love your kids, to follow hard after Jesus. It's in the book. And if it's in the book, then it's going to be His will for your life. It's going to be, because that's what He instructs us to do. Oh Lord, that you would indeed bless me and enlarge my territory. Maybe you could say, oh Lord, that you would bless me and let me experience expansion. Expand me as a follower of Christ. Expand me as a spouse. Expand me as a parent. Expand me to friends, neighbors, and coworkers. The issue is will we ask Him for expansion and believe that it's His will and we do it. The second question says, in 2019, I'm asking God to expand. Now, the reason there's two different questions is because I'm specifically praying some things for the next 28 days while we're in prayer. The next 28 days when we're coming together and we're seeking the Lord, there are some specific things I'm asking. I had our staff come together the other day and I told them, I want five goals for the year. One of those goals or two of those goals have to be personal, but then I want one of them that's something you're believing God for in the next 30 days. And so whenever we, we did this, I, I shared them my goal. One of my goals was that God would bring six new families in the next 28 days to our church. Not people who come already, but six brand new families. Because I believe God wants to expand the house. I asked God in the next 28 days to give us favor as we go into Starkville. We strategically started today because 28 days ends with the official relaunch of Starkville. But there's some more things that I asked God to let me do in 28 days. 28 days, I want to get Lucy on a, a, a regular devotion. What does that mean? That means not just poker in front of the TV and right now media, but I want her to expect it, and I want it to become a part of who she is and get her system going. In 2019, I'm asking the Lord to help me in my ability to be a, a better father and a husband. Would you expand my influence in my home? In 2019, I'm asking the Lord to help me be better at time management habits. I'm 40 years old and I still hate sitting in line and waiting on anything. There's things I do that just waste time. In 2019, I'm asking the Lord to help me finish writing the book that I started for my girls and then start another one. Because I have this burden in my heart that God's calling me to write these books. And so as you get this card, here's the question. And they should have some pens and stuff and you need them. Here's the question. What are, what are you believing God for? 
Whenever you begin to ask God and trust God, God, this is what I want to see you do in 28 days. God, this is what I want to see you do in this year. God, I want you to help me experience expansion. What's going to happen? The enemy is going to come against you. He's going to try to discourage you. He's going to try to make you totally derailed. He's going to make you think God can't do it. That's where you begin to fight your battles through thanksgiving and prayer. The enemy is seeking who he may devour. He's after your soul. But my Bible says that God has come to give you life and that more abundantly. In just a moment, whenever they sing, I'm going to ask you, if you're you're not comfortable doing this, you don't have to come up here. There's a bunch of little clothespins on the thing. If you want to put it up here and you want people to pray, that's fine. If you don't want it up here, but you still want the pastoral team to pray for it, uh, your needs, on your way out in that drop box, Drop your prayer request in that drop box. And I give you my word. Over the next 28 days, there will not be a day that goes by that I don't pray for you and that some of our team don't pray for you. Because I believe this year, hear the words coming out of my mouth. Last time I said this, when I said it would be our best year yet, my little girl wound up in the hospital for two weeks and all I could hear was the enemy whispering in my ear, oh, it's the best year yet. And I came back in this room and I said, I don't care what hell comes and what tries to come against me. This will be our best year yet. And friends, it was. And I'm telling you, you will experience expansion in your life. That does also mean you're going to experience some turmoil and some hurt. But look past the pain, look past the turmoil, look past the hurt, and look to the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask, think, or imagine, and let Him expand in your life. Maybe you have a dream, and that dream's kind of drifted off. Oh, that God would reignite that dream. Maybe you're in this room today, and maybe God has called you. Maybe there's people in here, maybe God has his hand on you and God's called you to preach or God's called you to teach or God's called you to lead worship or God's called you to be a missionary and you fought it and you fought it and you've disqualified yourself a hundred times over. This year is your year to experience expansion and walk into your calling. I literally don't know who you are, but I'm telling you, God just spoke that to my heart. Do not think that he's put that on a shelf. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. When he does it, he means it, and he's not sorry for it. Maybe you're in here and you're just away from God. Maybe you followed God at one time in your life. You want the blessings of God, but if you want the blessings of God, then you've got to be obedient to God. Don't ask him to bless when you're not willing to do what he's asked you to do. And maybe you're in here, and maybe the first Sunday of the year, you're here, somebody's invited you for whatever reason, but now that you're here, maybe God's knocking on the door of your heart, and he's telling you, come on. Before I ever expand anything else, let me expand my relationship with you. Let's bring this thing back to where it was. Maybe you've never had one with him at all. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. And when you decide to follow him or when you decide to come back to him or when you decide to pursue the calling of God in your life, the enemy will come after you. And that's when you learn how to fight your battle. Because the Bible says that he encamps around those who love him and who fear him. That your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. 
You're never in this thing alone, even when you feel like you're in the middle of the jungle and no one's around. He's fighting with you and for you. I want to pray for you. I, I feel this so strong in my heart, and I promise I plan on being done by now, but I really feel this in my heart. There, there's, there's someone in this room, and you, you have a call of God on your life, and you're not, you're not pursuing the call of God on your life. And it's not because of opportunity, it's because of disobedience. That may be hard for you to hear, but God cares enough about you right now that God is literally redirecting how I was going to end this to remind you that He has not forgotten what He's called you to do. And I'm going to ask you to be bold. And if you're in this room, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to acknowledge that. And I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to bring you up here. But, but I, I want to know who you are because I want to be praying for you. And I want to avail myself to you and I want to help you. But if you're in this room and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you have a call of God on your life and you have not been pursuing it because of disobedience, I want you to raise your hand right up, right back down. Amen, amen, amen. The only hope for the mess that we're in right now is Jesus. I don't care if you vote and you're a Democrat, a Republican, or an Independent. If I was in the hospital and I needed a blood transfusion, I would not ask what, per, what party affiliation you had. I would just ask, do you care enough to help me? That is what the cross is. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. And if you just lifted your hand, God needs you. He called you and the world needs you. Maybe you're in here and you're just away from God. In just a moment, I'm going to pray, and you, you get right with him. How do you do that? I confess I'm a sinner. I believe in my heart that, that Jesus died for my sins, and I accept him as my Savior. That's all you have to do. And then you follow hard after him. Maybe you've never accepted him before. Maybe it sounds a little crazy. Maybe it sounds a little, that's out there. Look, let me tell you this. Try him. Just try him. He will not let you down. Everybody else may have let you down. Give him one chance. Instead of giving all these other people around you a second chance, just give him one. That's all he needs. Confess, believe, accept. Stand with me across the room. I'm going to pray.